When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everybody, welcome to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, a podcast where myself, comedian and writer Dane Baptiste, my producer friend Howard Cohen, aka The Hizzer, Hello! and a mix of very special guests pose the questions that need to be asked. We are talking everything from nicknames. Ooh! The Hizzer is one of your nicknames. Yep. Halco. You used to have Halco. Or I like Halco. Cozinho. When I was a Brazilian, pretending to be a Brazilian goalkeeper at school. My nickname was the Nilsson in school when nice. I played football. That's cool. And also Baptista, like the. Yeah, yeah. I give you, I give you DB sometimes in the in the in the WhatsApp. DB's cool. Some of my cousins call me D as well. Yeah. Um, D's a good name, and D and H are actually good initials to have for shortening. Good. The Dizzer and the Hizzer. I yeah. think I like that. My main my main uh, term of affection is Fathead though. <laughs> Okay. I don't know how to take that. It's normally big head or fat head. I mean, big head, I think, is more of a frequent one, but fat head. Mm. I wouldn't, I'm not, I've never called you that. Although, to be fair, I have reciprocated with fucky fuckinson. So. <laughs> anyway, we ask all the questions. All nick- the questions. Nicknames and all. All nicknames and all. So if you don't like the show normally, please rate, subscribe, and uh, leave reviews uh, for episodes on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, and continue to enjoy the show and question everything. With this in mind, on today's show is a writer and journalist. His work regularly appears in The Guardian, Independent, and The Daily Mash. As a writer for television, his work includes BAFTA winning The Dog Ate My Homework. Through his Twitter platform, he is a well-known narrator of The Brexit Crisis. Are we saying crisis? Oh, yeah. The Brexit crisis. <laughs> Averaging about 150,000 retweets a month. He also has a new book coming out called 52 Times Britain Was a Bell End. Today's very special guest is the subversive James Felton. Thank you. I've never been called subversive before. How does it, how does it feel? Does it feel good? Yeah, I feel like a bad boy. Feel like it's cool, isn't it? <laughs> to be subversive. <laughs> no, yeah. and, 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 you know, a lot of people hear you on Twitter... Yeah, they don't hear your voice. Yeah, that would take away from the authority a lot of it. <laughs> this is quite interesting to hear. You're, you know, you're very softly spoken. Yeah, a lot of people will be following you on Twitter and then come to this podcast potentially. That's right. Softly spoken satirical assassin. I like it. Listen, yeah. a lot, a lot of some of the strongest, most influential men have soft voices. James Felton, Michael Jackson, mm. Mike Tyson. Yeah, Joe Pasquale. Joe Pasquale. <laughs> I've met fifty percent of these men. And they are men of strength and integrity. And I want to hear a bad word said about Mike Tyson, whether he's here or not, or James Felton. Yeah. The other two guys, I guess your opinion's your own, but I want to hear a bad word said about James Felton yeah. or Mike Tyson, because they're both still with us. Do you mind I, being grouped in with Michael Jackson and, Jay, and my, you know, Mike Tyson? Is that okay for you? Or? Only sonically. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, you know that's fine that's fine as long as we're limiting it to my voice and not good not your pastimes <laughs> yeah excuse me we had a very esteemed guest also called Gary I can't I'm not going to lump him with all Gary's but on conduct <laughs> I did want to say to Gary Young because we have recorded these back to back listeners and so if you've listened to Gary Young you may have listened to the James Felton episode and um, 
I did want to ask him about being called Gary because nobody wants to be called Gary anymore. It's a dying name. Is yeah. it? It's a dying name. I've heard there's like no Gary's been born in the past five years in the UK. Is that true? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yep. so it's a Garricide. Mm. <laughs> Gazicide? Garricide, yeah. I think. Yeah. Garricide. Yeah. No one wants to be Gaz anymore. <laughs> no. Well, Gaz is a, even the Garys alive don't want to be Garys anymore. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> it's a shame. I like Garys. That's not that bad a name. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I've got an uncle Gary, an uncle Nigel, uh, and an uncle Keith. So, yeah. So, got, yeah. I lucked out that they decided to end that tradition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you weren't too far off Graham there. And do you, because you, you're on Twitter, you're Jim. Yes. Do, yeah. do you go with James or Jim? What are we going to do for this uh, next hour? I don't know. I tend to go with Jim most of the time, but yeah. Okay. Mm, whatever you fancy, really. Okay. Well, Something. James, it's good to have you on the show. <laughs> Uh, and um, that's the preamble kind of done, really, isn't it, Dane? Um, it is a preamble, although I'm still trying to find a cool nickname that James may enjoy. Yeah, uh, what about JF Twitterfingers? JF Twitterfingers. <laughs> <laughs> Could be an option. Toby Young accidentally called me John once on Twitter, John? and that's kind of stuck for a while. I like John. <laughs> John. John. John Feltz. <laughs> um, Felly Fell. <laughs> You've got, a lot of, you've got a lot out of this today, haven't you? Already, J- just, J-Fell. just a whole load of new nicknames to work yeah, from. Pretty good. Yeah, not completely sold by sound. <laughs> no, no, we're doing this. It's a spider-gram. We'll, yeah. we'll get that through process um, of elimination. We'll get back to that. Uh, it's, I think it's time for a question, because it's the basis of the podcast. Indeed. Uh, so if you're not aware, uh, JF Twitter Fingers, uh, the way the podcast works is that, uh, first of all, we thank you for coming as a guest and uh, we thank you for your time. As our esteemed guest, we invite you to ask a question of your own choosing, whatever you want to ask, which we will discuss for approximately 15 minutes. Hmm. Then uh, my co-host, uh, his or here, will also ask a question, which we will discuss, and then we will end with my question, uh, which we will discuss. So we just be questioning everything. That's pretty it's much it. That simple. Okay. Yep. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's quite, yeah, so it's time for We've, your We question. are very minimalist, yes. <laughs> okay, so my question is, should Britain apologise for its past Ballandy behaviour? Uh, because, so. and that's also linked to your book, yes. the first opportunity to plug the book, 50 Times Britain Was a Bellend, uh, the history you didn't get taught at school. Yes. And, and, and so in your opinion, obviously, Britain has a lot to apologise for. Uh, yes, at least 52. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, any of these, your, your favorites here, particularly? Oh God, there's, um, so much, so much. Is favorite the right right word to use? (laughs) Yeah. Um, so the one that's really sticks with me at the moment, it's not my favorite and it's actually quite horrible, but, um, it's Diego Garcia, probably because it's so recent. Um, so, Mm. uh, we went to sell off when we were getting rid of our, um, empire uh, we decided that we wanted to keep this one set of islands, the um, Chagos Arpeggio, and within it, Diego Garcia, so that we could rent it out to the Americans for a military base. But oh, the- yes, I heard of this in a book called Rogue Nation. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really, really grim. Really grim. <laughs> so, um, so, so I'm correct, is this the island that they gave to the US to do nuclear testing, so it's pretty much uninhabitable? Um, so it was at first it was a military base. Um, so they, um, so anyway, they wanted this military base for the Americans, but the problem was that the island was already inhabited and they needed it to be very much uninhabited. So they, um, so they decided to just kind of pretend that it wasn't inhabited to the rest of the world and got it 
everyone on the island classed as not citizens of there. So whenever they left the island, say they got ill and had to go to the main, uh, like a mainland hospital, they wouldn't be able to get back into their own island because they wouldn't count as residents. Sounds <laughs> familiar. Yeah. Hashtag grim. Windrush scandal. Yes, they've mm-hmm. actually recently, like, um, there's been descendants of people from the Chagos Islands, and they've n- refused to give them citizenship. So yeah, I've heard about this, thing. and also, and, and even worse, like, so I think a lot of people had to flee as refugees to the Seychelles. Yeah, where they're treated as second-class citizens. Yeah, there as well. Well, no, the Seychelles are lovely, but uh, that's no, a if you know if you're from Diego Garcia, yeah. it's not great for you. Uh, I mean, there's there's so many wonderful Bellend esque moments to choose from here. Yeah, uh, I mean, we beat the shit out of the Welsh for speaking speaking Welsh in Wales. Ah, uh, yeah, that's uh, a fun one. That's a fun one. <laughs> we caused the famine that killed four more than three million people. Uh, where where uh, that was in that could be a number of places yeah, so <laughs> India uh, the ones that stick out the most would be India in, India yeah. Yeah. yeah and then this one I, I really enjoyed because I've been flicking through your book uh, reading as much as I can uh, but we hatched a plan to wipe out a nation's food supply using delicious anthrax cake uh, yeah, that was a pretty good one <laughs> so, a, yeah during the yeah during the second world war there was talk there was all kinds of insane plans going on, but one that took hold for a while was we were going to drop anthrax cakes over Germany for the cows to eat, and then to infect um, like the, the beef whole, instead of meat yeah. is infected. Okay. Um, so, th- so anyway, they decided to test this, and they um, by doing it on this Scottish island, and um, never got around to doing it actually on the Germans. But all they did was infect a massive, wipe out uh, hundreds of sheep, and then dogs nearby in scotland so that yeah. was the end result of that one yeah and then and, and then we had foot and mouth and uh bsc and cjd and everyone's like how could this happen that's hmm. yeah, kind of well is it guess karma <laughs> 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 um, but the- do, i don't know how do you do you think i mean the thing is the idea of us apologizing i guess would be a function of just, I guess, global etiquette or social etiquette yeah. that you would acknowledge this thing. Mm. I feel like, uh, so far as, I guess, the semantics of like uh, understanding trauma or causing trauma and acknowledging that and then apologizing. Mm. I don't know how applicable that is when you're discussing ideas of like nation or uh, geopolitics. Mm. I, and I guess an easy way of saying that is that like, English people and I think their self-esteem and their mm. identity is rooted in the idea that these things were done under the pretense of benevolently, uh, I guess, helping the savages mm. and yeah. being a positive presence within the colonies. I mean, you must so, have wrestled with, with that, with the book, I assume. And there's a, there's a, a bit at the start, isn't it? The kind of obviously yeah. caveats. Yeah. So I decided for the book that... Um, I'd, it'd be funnier to kind of judge everyone from today's standards. Yeah. So even like the lesser balanced behavior, I'll judge as if they're from now. Yeah. <laughs> like um, you don't get off just doing a massive massacre just because you're from 1612. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. I mean, really, ideally, I would ideally, but I guess theoretically, there would have been a much more of an affinity with the tenets of, you know, uh, Christian doctrine mm. back then and now, and you know, 
Thou shall not kill is like a big one in there. Yeah, it's pretty big. So it's like yeah, number one. Yeah, thou shall, yeah, thou shall not covet as well. That's a yep. that's a big one as well. Mm. Uh, and uh, don't make unto thee any craven image. And thou shall not steal. Mm. These are really big ones in the Bible. You know, mm. so they didn't really have the excuses that they <laughs> might have been. No, they, no. So I, I just yeah, I just think should they apologize? Yes. Can they afford to? Maybe not so much. Well, and it's also <laughs> how. In it, it's like how yeah. if it was like, do you remember when uh, we had the Olympics here and they did the big opening ceremony? Yes, if we did like a big musical number, <laughs> like Danny Boyle got Danny Boyle to direct it, do you know what I mean? And like, yeah, and maybe we offered the apology in that kind of way through the medium. Of I mean, uh, how long would that go on for? Yeah, exactly. How long, how long would that go on for? Well, we'll, we'll do an hour uh, and, and, and it will be like, you know. It will have some depth to it. It won't just be slapstick, you know. It won't be silly. It'll be really, you know. There'll be there'll be some meaning. Heartfelt. But then, but then, my thing is, I guess you know, no. Normally, when you do air and someone requires an apology or acknowledgement of an error, mm. there's some restitution involved. So the the marsh, I want to say the Treaty of Versailles, for example, would have been a demonstration of an apology on behalf of the uh, Austrian Prussian Empire, right? That would have yeah. been how they apologised by paying a restitution to the yeah. nations affected by it. So would that be able to be applicable where it's like, all right, can we have like the Star of India back and all the gold you stole from Africa then? Because that would be indicative of an apology. And, uh, yes. Or could the Queen potentially return all of the foreign property and land that she has under her name, which mm. she pays no tax on? Is that going to happen? Mm. It's I mean, tricky, isn't it? I just feel like as a descendant of the Windrush generation, I shouldn't have to pay tax in this country. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> because I yeah. just don't really get to enjoy the same municipal and civil benefits yeah. that most English people get to enjoy. I have to deal with a terrible bedside manner from the NHS if I'm even deserved in the first place. Mm. 70% of any business loan I apply for is going to get rejected. And I'm six times more likely to be victimized and profiled by the police. So I feel like if I'm not going to get an equivalent treatment, the best way to apologize would be to me to be black tax exempt. Pretty sweet. It'd be so sweet. And I wouldn't even rub it in your faces, guys. <laughs> yeah. I definitely would. No, you would. I so would. Not all the time, though. But I'd, you'd be like, call the police. And I'd be like, nothing to do with me. I use black police. It's very different. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a lovely idea. Me not paying tax, right? Yeah, like, I, I mean, just don't think know. that members of diaspora should have to pay tax. Yeah. Unless we're going to get an equivalent service. I think You'll certainly win some votes with that. You'll I lose think some so. as well. But I might lose some. some. But here's my other idea, hmm. right? While that will be supplemented by using renewable energy in all civil municipal buildings. Every single government building should have solar panels right. so that I don't have to pay tax. Yeah, I never said I was perfect. I'm pragmatic, I feel. Yeah. And that everyone benefits. But I just, yeah, the British apologising for everything. I guess, I mean, it's just who would, we, who would we like to, who would the apology on whose behalf would it come from? Because Barack Obama apologised for Hiroshima. He did, didn't he? Yeah, that was nice of him. He didn't. He didn't have anything to do with it as well, did he? Well, really? exactly. Yeah. So I just don't know who would who would uh, who, who would send out who would be sent out to apologise on our behalf. It's probably as... Paul McCartney, isn't it? He does all the big <laughs> events, really, doesn't he? Yeah. Um. He just sing "Hey Jude." Yeah, but then would he be apologising to African American uh, 
musicians for appropriating their music and being able to be a <laughs> prolific face in it. Like, this this he, whole he did Ebony and Ivory, good. Though, to be fair. So, hmm? know, he did Ebony and Ivory, which did Wonders, do, to be and, fair. Which was terrible. Yeah, it was actually one of the worst. <laughs> it's t- I mean, all, yeah, and Paul apologize for that first. Yeah, yeah apologize, exactly. <laughs> and then maybe if you're prepared to apologize for that, yeah. then we'll know that, yeah. But James, where, where do you stand on this? How do, how do you yeah. think we, if we were going to apologize to you? Uh, so I'm going to cop out and say that I feel like we should at least pick one of two things. Either we stop taking credit for, like, uh, we saved your asses in World War Two. <laughs> yeah, that's got to stop. Or mm. we, so if we're going to say that, like, we're on the beach of no- Normandy as a sperm, then we should also take responsibility for stuff, other stuff we've done in the past. Right. Or you can stop <laughs> banging on about that, like, you yeah. Great granddad. <laughs> and in, and in, to do with you. I mean, obviously, yeah. in researching this book, you you haven't researched. You know, fifty two times Britain was bloody brilliant, which you know, I mean, um, there's plenty of books written about there's, that. I mean, I, yeah. plenty of books. Yeah. Yes, yeah. There, uh, there was a whole cruise about it, which ended up in being a massive brawl, <laughs> which was fucking amazing. But uh, but uh, did, have you encountered uh, opposition to this book uh, through? You know, the uh, fact that it doesn't it doesn't beat the chest of Britain proudly. Oh, yeah, yeah. I get a fair few people calling me a traitor. <laughs> really? It's fairly standard now. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to separate out the book ones from just the regular yeah, yeah. <laughs> background. <laughs> traitor. <laughs> and is that digitally or, uh, or, or just in uh, person? Yeah, no, they're not getting in person yet. This one, this yeah. one James. Yeah. You know, in the old days... <laughs> Treason was an offence you could be executed for. Those days need to come back. Don't you think, James? <laughs> Proud Britain Brexit. Yeah. You seen that one? No, I just I thought you were doing several people out there. Replied to me. <laughs> yeah. Normally, treason as you bring it back. Yeah. The, the problem is there's no. The problem is no national service. That's why we've got these liberals writing books. <laughs> Shame in our country. I mean. But the, 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 I suppose the thing about the apology is it would suggest that what we are doing now mm. has like, just risen above all of that. And the reality is we have, <laughs> we're really quite shit now. I suppose it would kind of more acknowledge that we are, we're aware we're dicks. <laughs> like yeah. it's not, it wouldn't necessarily say we're perfect would now. be the purpose like, of that? We're trying. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes just acknowledgement. Can be enough for people, I think. But you can't imagine any political party having the guts to kind of one of our policies in our you know new manifesto for the election is to admit that we're dicks. <laughs> and as much as that's really not a funny, funny sentiment, it, yeah, you mean, kind of can't quite get your but, brain to believe it. But right? then there is a real British uh, culture of being self-deprecating anyway. Mm, that's true. Mm. So. I think maybe this is a problem is that we kind of... Uh, if we have a comedian we we, we we put made sorry a part of our everyday vernacular mm. and our lexicon. Mm. So maybe it's lost a meaning because you say sorry to get past somebody. You say sorry if your food, if they bring you food and you don't like it, you'll apologise first before yeah. making a request. So I think maybe this has been a conversation people had. Like if we make people say sorry all the time, it loses all fucking meaning. So who yeah. cares? It's so, true. I apologise when I do something good. Yeah, exactly. You do. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm so sorry. So, yeah, it's um, it's a, it's a good, it's a good question, and uh, I think our answer is yes. But we gotta mean it this time. Yeah, you can't you be sorry because you try to avoid dog shit, <laughs> which is what we do. Um, 
yeah. I think we'll get some response from the public on this question as well, which may be positive or negative, depending on how you view it. We're gonna, can we do a poll? Yeah, we'll do a, we'll poll, do a poll on Twitter asking yeah. yes, We're going to no, at you, though. So how much do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to at you though. When, so when they like, yeah. I'll just listen to fucking, and when I, if you want to see a better than James Phil, look at the fucking mirror. <laughs> You're sincerely Most, patriot. Yeah. Millwall. Millwall patriot. Jenny Neal says, James, you absolute mud. If you don't like it. <laughs> um, why are these people speaking with such toned down language? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah, true. Very nice audience. <laughs> You fucking soy boy, liberal. There you go. You, I've been trying to rebrand myself as a lentil lad. <laughs> <laughs> lentil, I love it. Why don't you give your pram back to your fucking missus? Have her shave her fucking armpits, you lentil eating. You know the rest. Take the doll out of your ass. Oh, no. <laughs> Stuff like that, you get yeah, it. You, you get know it. where I was going. Um, my my question is going to be slightly different, but um, I've, I've had a few thoughts about why I kind of want to. Uh, I do kind of want to ask you about social media because it's 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 part of the fabric of what's made James Felton. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but I also want to ask you about the times you've been a bell end. Uh, because I reckon I've got more than 52 uh, to go through my own so personal I, I feel life. like you discovered this. It's like you discovered this word that you've been given a new swear word. <laughs> now you're like, bell I, just, bell 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 I just think it's so impressive that someone's put a book out and one of the words in the title is bellend. That is not, that's not common practice. So when they initially came to me, they came to me with 52 times Bill um, Britain was a cunt and I, asked right. them, I had to, to ask them to tone it down for my nan. Oh, <laughs> Nanny Felton. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Nanny don't need that hard C bomb. Yeah, um, Nanny's not on Twitter. Goodness me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she, hopefully she hasn't figured it out. Oh, <laughs> thank heaven! Because she, 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 what's she going to think? She's a little, little. What people say to little JJ. <laughs> <laughs> How do you? Then my question is going to be social media. I'm going to go with the social media one. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's not as previously advertised to you. That's but I fine, think that's yeah. fine. I think you can handle it. Uh, it. How do you feel about social media having gained so much from it? What are the positives and what are the negatives? Because, you know, and, and Dane obviously can talk about this as well because he's had, you know, uh, a roaring trade on Twitter for many years now. Oh, goodness. Uh, so, obviously got mixed feelings about it. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's, How did it get... What, what, what got you going to the point that you've become this kind of, I would call you a Twitter sensation? Oh, th- thank you. <laughs> I think that's fair, isn't it, Dane? You, it you, is you, fair. You know his work. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Sensation. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to provide the total what, balance. <laughs> what, what amazes me about your work, and I could just get your, you know, your feed up now, is is the the kind of the, the way you reappropriate videos mm, yeah. is such a clever, clever. You see, you probably seen this one day in this uh, that one there with the the, the Brexit. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's really clever. Like it's really. I mean, I, I I laugh at a lot of things on Twitter, and I'm sometimes I'm moved emotionally. But but you seem to make me laugh like a couple of times a week, mate. Oh, thank you. That's a good joke. Right? Yeah, oh, it's pretty good. Uh, but, but how did it get going so heavily? Like, um, so I'd, I'd been like I'd had Twitter since maybe 2014, but never really used it. Didn't really get it at all. And then just like on the day of the referendum, I just I was so irritated that I we like left the EU and stuff, and I just started tweeting out dumb jokes about it. Mm. 
And for some reason, a few of them went viral and started seeing like the value in it. Any <laughs> any in particular like, go viral? Um, oh God knows. Um, so, no entirely first, Yeah. Um, uh, it was a really dull one. That's the problem. It was like so the first one that kind of went like a tiny bit viral and not properly viral was just like. Uh, on the day after the rent referendum, something along the lines of this is like watching a car crash from the inside and the car's racist. That's what it is. Really good writing. Like, it's yeah. really good writing. Like, that's it's what amazes me constantly. You're putting this stuff out. Oh, and obviously, you're getting a benefit from it, which is, I assume, partly where this book is. Uh, yes, purely Twitter. It's it's really crazy. So yeah, I just started tweeting more about politics, and people seemed to like it. And then noticed that they liked dumb videos as well. Thought I'd take advantage of that. <laughs> yeah, do some dumb captions, that kind of thing. And so in the space of like four, five years, uh, it's, been, yeah, it's been like uh, so. It's, I had like two hundred followers before the referendum. So last two years, yeah. And now you've got. Years. Uh, 130,000, I think. Yeah, 131k. Yeah, one, yeah, one, yeah. One, one yep. Um, how do you plan on dealing with them when they are tweeting you being like, please feed us, we are starving? <laughs> <laughs> following a no deal brexit i'm here as purely as a warning <laughs> my, my job my job when that just, kicks in is to stay quiet and just yeah, i'm just a digital just, mind your head sign exactly it's just so they don't eat you just yeah. retweet where food is yeah <laughs> that's all i'm doing where's, where's, where's fl- where Food's flour here. and meals can be found a lot, of rat, a lot of really slow rats around here yeah, so <laughs> The, the, the benefits of you being this Twitter sensation is the book and being here. Yep. <laughs> you know, I'm where I it's finally know. paid off. <laughs> exactly, this is it tonight. Uh, no, uh, and yet, obviously, there are downsides to it, right? Like there are negatives. I don't know what how, what you describe those negatives as. People have different iterations of that, I guess. Yeah, so yeah, it's pretty horrendous the abuse you get. Um, obviously I'm not quite about my opinion, so I do expect a bit of like horrible stuff, but then you get people hounding you for months and stuff like that. So yeah. that can be pretty grim. Um, and, and we're talking tons like d- DM messaging. Oh, you get, yeah, you get everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, DMs. Just Are you pretty good with your block and mute button? Is it quite easy for you? Or is there any ever a, uh, an inclination to respond? This is where I've always yeah. fallen, fallen is that. Uh, even if I feel like my points in discussion are valid and they are, you know, mm. make sense. You're dealing with someone who may have created that profile for the sake of nothing else other than to antagonize. Oh, yeah. And uh, they are very much attracted like piranhas are to, to blood, to do a blue tick. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, I've had, I've had to learn over the last couple of years that you can't win battles on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, same. I, I mm. like so. I've got my notifications locked down, so I barely even see like the replies I want to see now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, just to stop myself because it's quite boring for my audience. Imagine if I'm sat there just replying. Yeah, to I've, 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 I've had to learn. People. I've had to definitely get that under control and embrace yeah. the mute button a lot more. Yeah, and, and the bit that fascinates me because I'd say you're both prolific mm. on Twitter, whereas I like mm. might share a picture of me and my cat. <laughs> Or what well, I'm doing the podcast, or with work, like yep. so we'll get a show commissioned, and clearly I need to tell people to watch it. Mm. I've got about a thousand people to tell, so I'll tell them. Yep. You know? uh, that's purely that's a very normal use of it. Whereas you guys are like pushing, uh, I would say, a political kind of perspective. 
somewhat, yeah. I guess. Yeah, or, or, yeah, or a perspective. Much. Yeah, a perspective, yeah. Uh, does it become uh, exhausting to try and maintain it? Because <laughs> that's the bit that I feel. Anytime yeah. I do anything that's not just like, watch. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Just listen to this. Here's a picture. Yeah. It's I, like, if, you, if I had to maintain an output. Yeah, so I, I don't do that as much as I used to because I feel that's boring as well. If you're like trying to force it and like you end up like Piers Morgan getting mad at vegan rolls and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. just kind of leave it until there's something actually interesting worth talking about or you've come up with a good joke. It's, right. Yeah. It's and are you, are you writing, because I think it might be interesting for the aspiring Twitter mm. next generation. <laughs> Twitter comedian. Well, yeah. Is, 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 <laughs> are, you, are you banking stuff? Or, or do you, or, uh, or, yeah, yeah. or are, you, are you sitting there going, right, there's a subject, I'm going to try and write a joke about that for Twitter today? Or, um, or is it not that? Actually, yeah, it's very rare that I actually sit down and save a joke. I've got no self control if <laughs> I thought of something. I'll I think Twitter's very aware of that fact that it's, uh, <laughs> it's very much the laxative for verbal diarrhea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's how it always gets me. I'm like, ah, well, no, that's too stupid. I'm gonna, <laughs> that's way too stupid. Are you fucking kidding me? That's so stupid. So you, you're a reactor. You're not banking stuff and putting Sometimes, it Sometimes, some stuff can be kind of uh, temporarily specific, if it may be regarding mm. something that's upcoming or a uh, upcoming film or something. Mm. Or maybe if I have material which is quite pertinent to a particular trending topic, then I try to, yeah, I might hold stuff back. But it also revolves around, like, timing. So certain times of the day. I just remembered I do occasionally bank stuff. Like, uh, I was just waiting for Boris Johnson to break his own record of losing the most votes in Parliament for a first PM <laughs> yep. so that I could tweet out, like, Boris Johnson has beaten his own re- record, right, kind yeah, of jokes yeah. like that. But, yeah, it's the only time is when I'm trying it's, to anchor. I know, it's really questions. weird that, like, it's because it's so strange that someone who bulldozes a child in a game of touch rugby... He's struggling to uh, have the uh, finer, nuanced approach to working out an enormous Ooh. deal, trade deal. It's weird. It's it? so weird that, that that would happen. Do you, do you find it that that maintaining it thing difficult, Dave? Or do you 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 just you just put your shit out every day and just get on with it? Sometimes, I, sometimes, and sometimes I save stuff. And there's some stuff, like I said, there's there are for the sake of traffic and trying to understand the metrics of how Twitter works, I can apply that occasionally. Because mm. if I do a tweet at like a 10.47 and everyone's at work at their desk, they're not really going to have the time to check it anyway. So yeah. it's just that principle right. of if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, then... Because so, you're not on Twitter at that time. I mean, depending on who you target, I guess you have to be aware of your demographic and be aware of how, when they respond. So I guess if I'm 
targeting most millennial to extennials who would do their commute into work around a certain time and operate, I guess, around the you know normal uh, working hours. Yeah, and there are sometimes rather than others when there's going to be a higher level of activity or based on a particular phenomenon in the media. So, I mean, it's mad, isn't it, to think that this is what happened from Twitter? They, this yeah. little thing grew into this massive thing. I mean, it's just, it's the democratization. It's it's the true democratization of humanity, isn't that social media? Um, and then now it's a teenager. I feel, mm. and so the disposition of most people on there emotionally and socially is very adolescent. Yeah. But it's very different in that. In if you look at Twitter being, I guess, essentially on it on the surface, very American as an aesthetic. That's why I say the high school thing. Now in high school, if you were the goths or you were like the non-binary kids and you had a, a small table in the canteen, then you would have been a minority and been easy, a lot easier for you to be targeted by the uh, so-called popular or I guess homogenous groups that you find in, in a school. Mm. Now you can galvanize with other groups of a similar nature on the internet. Mm. You're no longer so much of a minority. Yeah, yeah. Geeks once were outcasts. Now they have incredible strength in numbers. Well, <laughs> do you think it, I mean, if you do, in the world of algorithms, then yeah, it's the revenge of the nerds. So, yeah. you know, if you can't articulate with your thumbs, I mean, I guess, I guess it's just, you know, in the same way that the same cultural revolution that came about with computer games mm. and console gaming, if you're not nice with your thumbs in social media, you're going to struggle. Mm. So, mm. yeah, it's trigger fingers and, 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 and Twitter thumbs. Do you ever think about packing it in because you're just sick of it and can't be bothered? Um, sometimes when I've been in like a massive pile on, I've thought about deactivating for a while, but it's like, it's now gotten me so kind of, it's, I'd never have a book if it wasn't for Twitter. So you've got a career off a Twitter <laughs> yeah, account, which is, is, much, is a phenomenal yeah. story to tell. Oh, which is, yeah, it's been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool, man. I mean, and, uh, I think more people need to know about it. I feel like, uh, social media and digital digital commerce mm. are probably going to be one of the only uh, industries that survive mm. just moving forward as a economy and a society in the West anyway, much less mm. Brexit post. So mm. working out how to monetize your presence on social media, I think is important for everyone to learn. So mm. it's a good look. And I just got to keep, it's got to stop telling people to suck my dick, man. <laughs> you do enjoy that, don't you? I fucking really do because I'm yeah. not talking about my literal dick. No, of course. I'm talking about my politically and ideological dick. My, yeah, my poli- theoretical my philosophical dick. dick. My yeah. philosophical dick. Yeah. That's what I mean. No, it's right? Fair. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> you know, you Sarah offended. It's their fault for not abstracting to the right level. Yeah, yeah that's, gotta, that's the thing. Yeah, because you, you, you can't even see my dick on Twitter. You don't know if I've got a dick, so it couldn't be my real dick. Yeah. So I guess we found a happy compromise. You suck my tick. Mm. How about that's that? Nice compromise. I compromise. Mean, yeah, I suck my tick. Partly because of the job that I do, and, and which is, is is quite an abstract idea. Which is, could you convince someone to let you make a television show? Yeah. which is a slightly mad idea uh, in itself. Uh, and that my use of language has evolved because I, I, I basically sat around talking for a decade for a living, uh, trying to convince people that I have the right ideas, um, that my use of the word cunt, and apologies to anyone listening that's offended by that word. Like James's Nan Howard. Come on, buddy. <laughs> I'll, bleep the, I'll bleep that cunt and that one. Um, but that my use that of sounds that even worse. Which cunt are you going to bleep? All three. All uh, right. Any others that come up now. But my, my, my happiness to use that, because I've sat in rooms just for hours and I've just been like, well, anything goes in this room. Mm-hmm. So I'll say that word 
with mm. not even thinking twice about it. Mm. And actually, it's kind of just an easy shorthand mm-hmm. to say, oh, come on, don't be a cunt, or that, you know, at least I'm cunt would think that, or anything like that. Um, that. Actually, when I come out into the real world, like, uh, you know, occasions with my in-laws, mm. I have to really wind that in, obviously, because not everyone's happy with the word cunt all the time. I've had, <laughs> I've had grown Caribbean women at shows literally stand up and go, <laughs> so it's not a big part of my lexicon no, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and it's particularly that word isn't it because I I played a game with some old friends um, who I used to work with good guys uh, where we'd add the words uh, you cunt to the end of any name of a show that we could come up with mm-hmm. or just shows that already existed so like nice. you know who wants to be who wants to be a millionaire you cunt <laughs> Something gives it a different edge, doesn't it? Because everyone keeps saying they wanted edgy TV shows. Yeah. Deal or no deal, you cunt. I mean... It adds a little layer to it. And that sentence there became the narrative for Brexit. (laughs) (laughs) The basis of... The question on everyone's lips for Boris Johnson is, deal or no deal, you cunt. (laughs) Leave that one in, please. Uh, (laughs) Come die with me, you cunt. (laughs) I, won't go I mean, that years. sounds like how that's how Donald Trump would invite you to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I can't remember how I got onto this. I don't care. I like this. How did I, I, like I, like I go into the cunt business? Uh, in terms of, it was more about you dialing back your language. Yeah. yeah, which was partly based on Twitter, where you create obviously a persona for yourself. Because you're nothing like the guy you are on Twitter, right? Uh, you're, you're, I mean, maybe you, you in your with your closest pals. I guess you, 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 you yeah. But like, I tend, I tend to kind of write from like little characters anyway. So right. like, I do little bits of dialogue. So it's never really me anyway. And yeah. So yeah. But I would describe you as quite a abusive <laughs> kind of persona on there, as in like. There's a lot of fuck you going on. Whereas I think, you know, oh, James, you got people sucking your tick too. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely an extension of. Would you prefer to be more like how you are on Twitter in real life? Uh, I'm quite. No, I'm quite. So I'm quite shy in real life. So I like to be less shy, and I guess I'm a lot less shy in Twitter, a lot more forthcoming and stuff like that. But yeah. apart from that, um, nah, you're right. It, I'd be a bit unbearable going around, like constantly just, calling just Boris Johnson a wank. Soft-spoken, <laughs> cathartic, and, you yeah. know, it's nice to have that kind of, you've been able to assume that person, if you're not hurting anybody, unless yep. they deserve it. Yes, mm. so it's all, it's all, like, directed at politicians, isn't it? Like yeah, see, um, you know, yeah, we easy. pay for the privilege to call them cunts. <laughs> yeah, good, good point. <laughs> no, no words I'm going to be bleeping here, just for James's nan. Do I have to bleep them, or I think I'm going to... I mean, I, I just went to teach her about podcasts. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I know she's going to find this one. Yeah. Maybe bleep it out. Okay. Or I'll do like a preamble. And I'll be like, ladies and gentlemen, the particular episode due to the presence of James Felton <laughs> frequently refers to the word cunt. Yeah. <laughs> the views of Howard Cohen do not represent the, <laughs> the views of Dame Baptiste, James Felton, or the Dame Baptiste Questions Everything podcast. Yeah. We're sorry to James, isn't it? It's like that extreme version of Red Dwarf, if you ever used to watch Red Dwarf, where they put a warning at the start that it was uh, for people of a certain disposition to be able to cope with this show. It'd be like two smegs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Hollyoaks After Dark. Ooh, Remember now that? You're talking. Uh, now you're talking. It'd be like, it's Hollyoaks, but you're going to see somebody's butt in the shower mm. at 11 o'clock. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm in. No, I will, I will, but if they said Hollyoaks, you cunt. <laughs> I'd have watched that. <laughs> I'd have watched that one. Yeah. Um, so, so thank you for answering the question. 
it was, it was mm-hmm. enjoyable to hear, hear a band talk about it. I'm, I'm going to throw it over to Dane for the final question of the show. And again, uh, I feel like I had a question, but I feel like that may have been uh, preemptively answered. Uh, is it based around uh, the word Bellends. cunt again? Bellends. Wait, are we still doing that word? No, Howard, there is a quota. So you are rinsing it for the year. <laughs> this is probably a bit that's going to be cut out, yeah, actually, Dane, while you look through your... cut it out. No, the bit where you look through your phone to find the question, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna, right. you know, naturally cut this bit out. All right, cool. Uh, keep, it, keep it succinct. Um, we all love the theme of your book here on our podcast. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I feel... I, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I'm assuming it's, it's a historic chronicling of the times uh, Britain was a bellend. Yes. Now, I think maybe Britain has become maybe better, more subversive in acting like a bellend so far as foreign policy nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's up for debate. But my question is, what do you think is the most bellend thing Britain has done or will do in the 21st century? Hmm. Oh, God. Quite some things to choose from. <laughs> Yeah, I, the obvious one that's crying out is Brexit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, blaming the EU for things we've invented in our own minds, <laughs> trying to leave them and then trying to blame them again for how we're leaving it wrong and yeah. that kind of thing. Um, but it's probably going to pale in comparison to whatever Boris Johnson has in store next. So, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. If he's the prime minister. <laughs> At the time of recording, Boris Johnson's Prime Minister. <laughs> That's an optimistic caveat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, it feels like one of those weird things from the future, isn't it? Where you're like, <laughs> I just don't year 2019, so, Boris Johnson's Prime Minister. <laughs> Here is a very basic political question. Keep How long have I been asleep? If Theresa May is now no longer the Prime Minister. Correct. Where is she? <laughs> uh, she's an MP for, where is it? Uh, somewhere. Looking like, somewhere. sassily towards the camera. <laughs> <laughs> That's what yeah, she basically. does at the moment. Just Somewhere very white now, I'll presume. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a big prerequisite of being a member of the Tory party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could you send me somewhere white, please? Um, but, um, yeah. That's you, not even the saddest part about Theresa May. The saddest part was that she did that conference with the robot thing and there was someone who was employed and said to her, this is going to be a good idea. <laughs> she was like, I have no rhythm. I'm really white. They were like, Theresa, your hair's brown. It's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. And then that happened. And someone who's backstage going, good idea. <laughs> I think she went wrong at one point because she didn't force everyone to say Teresa, which would have <laughs> really helped her because I think it's a bit more sass. Teresist would have been Teresist. Teresist. What's up, white people? <laughs> and really gone for it, right? Yeah. Teresist. Nice. Yeah, it could have worked. Shame. Um, but no, she, I mean, the Brexit has to be up there, doesn't it? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, yeah. Iraq War is is a, is getting in there yep. as a close second. <laughs> yeah. The ongoing is it still? I mean, it's still. Are we still there? I think we're still there, aren't we? They still selling poppies, ain't they? <laughs> <laughs> but they're still there. Hell, they're still yeah. troops still in Iraq. Still occupation in Iraq and Afghanistan, <laughs> and maybe even still in Northern Ireland. Mm. So yep. that will be that will be up there. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to think, and uh, you can have any political persuasion you want on this show as a guest or a listener uh it's be nice that you allow listeners to have their yeah. own opinions you could think anything you want listeners as long as you keep listening um no, but is the uh the idea uh that 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 the election of corbyn may have put into a uh, a kind of succession of events that helped facilitate 
what we've got right now in terms of a, a, a leader who is an absolute moron and in, in a blonde buffoon. Mm. Uh, you, it won't be won't be clear for quite a long time how much of an impact that had because whether or not he is any good at his job, which mm. obviously is highly questionable, mm. uh, by not providing kind of really coherent opposition, mm. he has helped facilitate what's yeah. gone on. <sighs> It's depressing um, a sentence as really. I've I've gone through stages with him. At first, some are proper lefty. At first, I was making memes that were supportive of Corbyn, I'm embarrassed to say. <laughs> and since then, I've kind of, he's been so shit on Europe that I've been quite frustrated with him. But mm. now I feel like he's slightly getting back to a more, a good position. I don't think that mm. revoke from the Lib Dems is really the right stance, I think. They're like, the Lib Dems, the incredible thing there is, they're like, ah, let's just forget about it. <laughs> uh, let's just move on. <laughs> yeah, but the, thing, see, but the thing about the Lib Dems is that they forget that they were being massive slags back in the day. They're mm-hmm. like, fucked everybody on Ayanapa and now they've come back and they've been like, oh, guys, let's do something quiet and go to a spa. No, you were sucking dicks. Loads of dicks, Liberal Democrats, and then being left in the room to cry by yourselves. I suppose the only thing you could argue for some of those Lib Dems is they are uh, fresh onto the island. Yeah. (laughs) They are at least uh, before their their crimes are are official. Exactly, but they were on Love Island forming coalitions with the Tories and sucking dicks all over the place and now they've got a mouthful of cum and... They're like, oh, let's just try and do something. I want it to be grisly imagery. <laughs> that's what I want. But the idea that that, that may... I mean, that's, it's been probably difficult to say the appointment of Corbyn as Labour yeah. leader compared to Brexit or the Iraq war is probably a bit <laughs> harsh to, to, to do that. I, I honestly feel that that we're... And, and, and then you talk about the future of Britain. I don't know what you reckon about this change, but like, mm. I honestly think another war like isn't actually that far off because I think... Mm. The way war happens is 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 it's a, 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 an excuse, isn't it? I tell, what I, I tell you what I think. You are already in the middle of World War Three. Mm. Just, a, you, just what a you have one. is that the no, well, not just that the previous uh, hegemonies in the West uh, have been able to develop their technology where they don't have to have boots on the ground anymore. Uh, the reason why there's probably been a reduction in occupation in Iraq and Afghanistan is because now you have drones. So you don't have to send people anymore. You can send a drone anywhere, number one. Number two, what you can also do is finance a proxy war, like in Syria. And then you can finance on both sides and provide weapons in Saudi Arabia. So I can't really think of a landmass on the planet now where there isn't some level of conflict going on. Anyone know? Mm, So, yeah, I feel like even though we say in another war, Mm. we're already at war. It's just that it's not reached here yet. I just had a... Mm thought the other day that we might end up going to war with Europe. Yeah. We kind of already are. Arguably, we probably are at war in some places because if we are facilitating uh, the Ukraine being annexed, for example, Mm. or if we continue to like turn a blind eye to like, you know, Russia's occupation of Chechnya, for example. Like, you know, keeping in mind, like when uh, Anders Breivik committed the massacre, that was the deadliest uh, death toll in Western Europe since the World War. Mm. Wow. And he said he didn't do it by himself. And, you know, given that the rise of fascism with the people that would have financed and enabled that act, then I guess mm. in that respect, we are at war already as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's not even just Britain this time. No. It's uh, it's the uh, Confederated Union of uh, Corporations. 
and multinationals yeah. who are now at war, with, war with Coke. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, if you go to Mexico and you try and oh, sell yeah. domestically made uh, Coke, uh, you might have some problems. Do you see? I mean, oh, yeah. Sorry, I've been watching documentary. It's just come on Netflix about um, avocado production and stuff like this. Oh, the avocado yeah, was. So uh, yeah. Well. Yeah, you hear that, hipsters? You fucking hipsters. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm a vegan and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, motherfuckers are dying over avocados too. They have to because you're having a hundred of them a day in one cafe in Shoreditch. Someone has to die. Think about it, guys. They're not even native to the region. Stupid hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, James. Uh, <laughs> good, good point, James. Thanks, James. <laughs> Thanks, James Felton. <laughs> Thanks, James Felton. James Felton on Twitter. <laughs> uh, it, no, it is, I mean, doing that coke. Oh, yeah. You noticed the other day that <laughs> you're upset that you've offended all the hipsters. No, no, no. no I, you I, don't. I fuck that. Man, yeah. suck my tick. <laughs> the, uh, the, um, uh, I know it's the coke of well, an energy drink. Have you seen that? Co- yes, I Co- have. Coca-Cola Energy. They've been giving nice. them away in their train stations. Because stuff. they're so fucking desperate to get people to try them. I mean, <laughs> it's like, isn't it already an energy drink? If you're not getting energy from Coke already, <laughs> you need to stop taking heroin. Yeah. That's what's <laughs> wrong with you. The heroin it's basically, market. you're having opioids. Yeah. And that's the only reason why a fucking can of Coke is not giving you energy. Has no one heard of milk Coke? <laughs> Milk what, Coke? Have you, have you not heard of milk Coke? No. Oh, okay. Milk Coke. Talk yeah. to Stuart, James. Uh, so yeah, so it's a family drink. Like, um, so it's two 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 thirds Coke, one third milk. You pour it in, drink it before it curdles, and it's amazing. It's like a Coke float. <laughs> Coke float. So to answer your question, Howard, we are at war. <laughs> war for our own bodies. What the fuck, James? <laughs> what, happens it, what happens if it curdles? Uh, it's fine. You can still drink it. It's the, it's the same, but you have to chew. So oh, got- <laughs> no. Are you eating Coke cheese, James? Yeah, you Are you Coke cheese Sorry, for, James? Coke cheese, James. This episode should be called What the Fuck is Coke Cheese? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, because that, that, that's Coke cheese, James. I think that we've, we finally found something worse than vegan cheese, yeah. and it's, it's Coke cheese. Yeah. Why, why can't you just have a Coke float? That's like ice cream, and I guess it's the same thing when it I melts, think right? It's like. The deliciousness of a Coke float with the convenience of just pouring just going, it. Yeah, just not scanning it straight away. <laughs> That's the scariest thing you've said today, James. Well, <laughs> you're targeted by violent trolls. <laughs> That's, That's the scariest thing you've said. I'd like it's to say that we've solved the problem of what was the worst bellend in the 21st century for well, that's one of the most bellend. that's the most bellend thing that coke has done yeah is that uh, not even milk is safe anymore now what then then it's, yeah. then your wife drinks coke mm. when she's while she's breastfeeding then it's automatic milk coke i feel embarrassed by the idea of ordering a coke and they say full fat and i'll be like yeah <laughs> almost like a <laughs> this guy is not taking himself very seriously is he he's like <laughs> I don't, I don't want to order it because of that now. You think that's awkward. I was on the train uh, on the way to Manchester and they were going through the car and a guy went to a, we'll say the gentleman was Svelte. Mm. And he said, I'll have a cold please. And they were like, um, diet or full fat? And he went, oh, regular. <laughs> God, he didn't like the term fat being, being fat shamed. He was like, full fat. It's called regular cock. It could be diet <clears throat> or, or regular. Diet. Yeah, he, diet. He he, he did it <laughs> or regular. He he had no interest in diet coke. Yeah. Or Coke Zero, which is just diet coke but for straight men. Did <laughs> you know that? Yep. That's why it exists. Wow. Mm. Now but then there's mango coke. 
So then it was a waste of time, really, if you were going to make Coke appeal to uh, the LGBT community again. Because it's mad, because now they've got rainbow Cokes, like different uh, colours and yeah, stuff, yeah, just yeah. to show affinity with the flag. Um, I can't speak on behalf of the LGBT plus community. But I will say to them that it's <laughs> Coke is still Coke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That it's still Coke. Don't and uh, don't. You don't need it. It's not going to do any more for you than it does for mm. us. Uh, I have one interesting fact about Coke versus Pepsi Max. If you're interested in this, yeah, I mean, number one, it's not a fair comparison because anything that ends in Max fucking sucks. <laughs> but go on, please. But, um, um, the uh, you know they do the taste test and they keep saying that Pepsi Max sixty percent choose it over sixty percent of people choose it over Coca Cola, which is quite an interesting fact. Apart from the fact that if you keep drinking Pepsi Max after about seven sips, you don't want to drink it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just that's the only reason you're winning your fucking taste comparison you pricks it's a good one it's yeah. a good fact here's another fact about coke since the sugar tax came into effect here we go i can't drink that shit at five we, guys yeah, anymore no go. you knew it was coming howard there's like you knew things. it was coming yeah there's like three things tomatoes the, the drinks dispensers they're part five of a guys. nightshade family let me just tell you the, the tomatoes the drink dispensers at five guys and this reboot of total recall they didn't go to mars james <laughs> we can't keep doing this day people are going to start switching off right there was a perfect iconoclast for body positivity with a three-breasted woman in that original Total Recall. I know, Dave, she wasn't even in the second one. Listen, Colin, Colin Farrell rejects it. You know, it, Why it, have it, an enormous fucking Coke fountain, Five Guys, and then just ha- and what? And we can't have it because of the sugar tax. If it was really dangerous for us, say, what you do instead, it, what you do instead is just charge a bit extra for it. Coke, <laughs> mark, Coke marks, like McDonald's marks up like twelve percent. There's nothing I can do about this, mate. I want the CEO of Five Guys on this show next. <laughs> do you know what? His story is fascinating, though, but we can, we can, we can. I haven't got that time. James, if you don't mind, uh, I mean, again, this is not to do with Britain. No, it's exactly to do with Britain. I'll tell you a tiny bit, not to answer the question for you. You know, you was a bell end Britain by introducing a fucking sugar tax. So now I have to have crappy mm. vanilla Diet. Coke, yeah. ma- vanilla Coke Zero. Mm. It's called zero because it's shit. That's normally when something is a zero, mm. when it's terrible. I'll put it in the second book. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Have you tried the new LucasAid? It's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what a lovely, lovely show. <laughs> uh, I hope you've enjoyed yourself, James. It's been lovely yeah, been to have great. you on the show. Thanks for having me on. I yeah. hope you've enjoyed yourself, James. Yeah. I know you like milk coke. I would have... Uh, <laughs> I'd have bought one for you and then turned away as you drank it. But um, please let us know more about the book. The book is amazing. Um, it's got pictures of willies on it, which is only, but don't judge a book by its cover, but it's a pretty cool cover. Yeah. yeah. The idea is it's a history book, but if you get bored, there's cocks on the front. <laughs> <laughs> Just flip back to that and have a look. So, yeah, yeah, there's one on the back. Uh, <laughs> so it's about 52 times that Britain were, was a balland. It's mainly just kind of funny, obscure stuff about um, times we've been balanced throughout history, but obviously with some nasty stuff in there as well. <laughs> I think it's going to be a hit this Christmas. I agree. I and when it does become adapted for a BBC series, please consider me. Uh, might oh, looking into that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, can I do the part about the sugar tax that's not in the book but should be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I will insist on ad living. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, there's like 13 facts not in the book that I want to just... <laughs> James, how do you feel about Lucasin? Haven't really. Glad you answered that. 
James, good luck with it. We wish you, you all the best and hope it's a big success. Thank you so yes. much. Thank you so much for coming. Stay place. strong. Stay strong. And if you ever need help on Twitter, at me, because I've got all day for fucking trolls. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste. For more from Dane, go to danebaptiste.co.uk or follow him at danebaptweets. Our guest was James Felton. You can follow James on Twitter at Jim M. Felton. The show is produced by me, Howard Cohen. You can follow me on Twitter at the Howard Cohen. Thanks to Polly and Gelly. Hey, if you like what you've been listening to, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Thanks for listening. And remember, question everything. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.